Epiphany Fellowships podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. How many of you know God kept you? Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. If you would have looked over the last two years and some of you, your minds were in some crazy places and you in here standing in the room in your right mind. Oh, my God. Some of you didn't know how you were going to pay a bill and you thought you was going to get kicked out. And look at you. You still got a place to live. You still got food. God is great. God is great. Well, um, the journey of a disciple. Let's start at verse um, 63 of chapter 6 uh, we did the other verses last week um, but we'll, we'll overview last week but let's start at verse 63 1, 2, 3, read again this week we will continue in talking about rebranding discipleship rebranding discipleship father God um, we want to clarify what it means to walk with you um, that's um, stuff that you like because even in the beginning Lord God somehow it says Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him the Bible starts off with the importance of walking with you and in the book of Revelation, it talks about the two faithful prophets, which were shown to have walked with God and have clarity in the midst of chaos. Lord, will you guide us in the same way as in the beginning and in the end? Help us in the dash, in the in-between, to honor you and live for you and know clearly what that means. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, our strength and our redeemer. In whom we trust in Jesus mighty name we pray everybody agree with that said you may be seated you may be seated rebranding discipleship as you remember last week um, that our point was being a disciple is an invitation to emancipation not a prison that was our point last week and as we walk through that point we wanted to talk about the fact that Jesus holds uh, his hands open when it comes to people walking with him how many of you know Jesus won't make you walk with him? Uh, he's, he's a gentleman when it comes to a, a relationship. He, he is not handcuffing you to holiness. Amen. 
He wants you to 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 be to be willing in your worship, uh, uh, not warped in your worship. And so we saw through the text um, that Jesus just taught through the five thousand after he fed them uh, 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 fish and loaves of bread. Um, after he fed them, um, he began teaching because whenever God does a miracle in your life, it's not for the miracle. Many times in our life, we focus on the miracle, but every miracle is a teaching moment about the character of God. And so, and so, and so, and so Jesus, and so Jesus, what he, what he, what he says is, is he, is he, he said, you, you ate bread, but let me, let me explain something to you. I'm the bread of life. And whenever God does something supernatural in your life, when you post it on Instagram or Facebook, I want you to not just say that he did the miracle. I want you to celebrate also what you learned about his character through how he took care of you. And see, that's the beautiful thing about God. He always uses miracles as object lessons for growth. And so, but, but the challenge though is, is they didn't like the object lesson. They liked the miracle, but they didn't like the Messiah. <laughs> They like the blessing, but they didn't like the blessor. And that's when you know you're looking for a cosmic genie, not a savior. A cosmic genie means I rub the bottle to make my wish, but really genie, when it's over, go back in the bottle. That's kind of what they did with Jesus in this passage. <laughs> and so as he unveiled with great challenge things that were going on and began to say, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part with me. And so they struggled with that. They struggled with what he was saying, and we left off on God leaving you with hard things. Somebody say hard things. We saw last week that when, when Jesus gives you something hard, uh, it's to test you, whether it's information, whether it's situations, whether it's dealing with people. Some of the people in your life is to expose hard things that you need to engage with with God. And what I like about being a disciple is it is God God isn't afraid of hard things. And one of the things that Jesus says is after 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 this happened, he says they were struggling with this. And in verse 62 it says, "Then what if you were to observe the son of man ascending to where he was before?" He said, "If you can't handle what I just told you, you can't handle all of the other stuff that's going to happen in your relationship with me. Because if you're going to have a relationship with me, you got to know that I am going to turn up the heat on the treadmill of you walking with me. And when I turn up the heat of the treadmill of you walking with me, I, 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 my, my Bible says affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character and proven character hope. That's called a treadmill of life. So I don't know if you understand the gospel cycle of your life. But it's from going to affliction to endurance, meaning when you get afflicted, that means hard stuff. When it goes from there to, uh, uh, to, to uh, 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 endurance, that means being able to lift more. <laughs> Doesn't mean, and, and then it means not only to lift more, it goes from there to proving character. In other words, God reveals who you are. <laughs> and, and, but, but he not only reveals who you are, he strengthens who you're supposed to be. But then it'll always end in hope. Because now you had your hope restored. And we'll understand in this text why this is extremely important. And so Jesus begins explaining discipleship interpretation. This is, this is important. Y'all really got to listen to this. I know y'all listening, but y'all really, got to listen, listen. All right. Um, he says in verse 63, this is a very, listen to me. This is the bread and butter of the passage. 
this verse here. Um, he says, the spirit is the one who gives life. Why would he say that? He's talking about being born again. In other words, he talks about the fact that God initiates contact with you to change you. You don't initiate contact with him to be changed by him. Y'all got to please hear me. This is very important because he's going to talk about the type of people that walk with him and who walk with him but may not be walking with him. So he initiates talking about the spirit is the one who gives life, the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit in the Godhead is the one who applies Christ's life to us to be regenerated. So the reason why you get saved is because the Holy Spirit, guess what he does? He convicts you of sin, righteousness, and judgment so that you can understand God's way. He, 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 he gives you faith, and then he gives you the ability to confess Jesus as Lord because the Bible says no one can confess Jesus as Lord except by the Spirit of God. So the whole of your salvation is a work of God with your submission in believing the work of the Spirit, what he's done in your life. And then he says there, he says, the flesh doesn't help at all. <laughs> Listen, John is going back to chapter one. I don't have time to give you all a seminary class. But listen, go back to chapter one. And he said, that which is a flesh is flesh. That's what is of spirit is spirit. So he, he, he takes this on back right here and he says, the flesh doesn't help at all. He's going to explain that in a second. So what he's explaining to them is... What I said to you about you eating my flesh, let me explain something to you. Flesh doesn't help at all. And he's using a double entendre uh, 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 to, to show that not only does my physical flesh, eating it physically, uh, uh, doesn't help at all, but also the flesh, which is a mindset that every human being has, doesn't help at all. That's a better double entendre than Jay-Z and God did. Help me today. The words that I have spoken to you, oh, this is good, is spirit and life. Key. What does this mean? Okay. Spirit points to spiritual. Life, again, means that which can help you to be sustained. Now, what is he doing here? He's going back to his conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, he said, Jesus said, you must be born again. <clears throat> Nicodemus was like, man, how can a man go into his mama's womb again? He said, you're a teacher of Israel. You should know these things, my man. You know what I'm saying? You, you should know this because you should know everything I say, you should check in the corridors of your framework of understanding the Tanakh, right? Uh, and so when Jesus talks to him, he, Jesus answered him in verse 5. Truly, I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot. This is over in chapter uh, uh, 3. I cannot enter the kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh and whatever is born of the, whatever's born of the flesh is flesh and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. Then he's saying the same thing to them in a different way that he said to Nicodemus. Verse eight says, the wind blows where it pleases. And you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. 
so it is with everyone who's born again. He's saying just as the Holy Spirit creates life in people, causing the new birth, so also he empowers us to understand, embrace, and obey the Lord, what the Lord says. It's powerful. He said, he, said, he said, the Holy Spirit, listen, you don't know where he came from, but you, you can see his effects. And so the words that I say are spiritual. And so he says, but, but, but listen to what happened though. They listened to spiritual truth with carnal ears. When you, when you listen to spiritual truth with carnal ears, you get carnal answers. We're going to break this down in a second. I, I want to build this. Can I build this? So this doesn't mean that we don't have a reasonable faith, meaning God just tells us to believe some astronomical stuff that's unbelievable and just expects us to believe it. No, our faith is reasonable and it, and it has intellect to it. Stay with me. But it's not merely intellectual. God, get, that's why he gave signs as because he knew how frail we were. God should be able to just say something's true and we believe him. But because we like we are, we need some help with proving the fact that what God is saying is true. And so God has to make a proof of that. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's interesting here because now there's a struggle with people who want to leave the faith in this passage. They want to leave. And we'll explain some of that, uh, the anatomy of that. Are y'all trekking with me today? Um, it reminds me, like, remember they, they, right here they were dealing with some hard stuff. It's interesting here. That reminds me, I, some, some, somebody hit me up and said, man, listen to this. And on this huge conscious community, conscious community is a group uh, that believes certain things about black folks and believes against, the, they hate Christianity. So we had a young lady on there who basically did not believe in the faith anymore. She said, I just couldn't believe in Jesus anymore. <clears throat> and, and, and the guy who's the curator on there was like, why? And she said, I just can't worship a God that will allow transatlantic slave trade to happen. And so it's really something, it's just, this is the reality of this, right? That she just kept going through it. And so she said, I, I, can't, I can't understand why God would allow that to happen. So if he existed, it doesn't make sense to me that he would allow that to happen. Now, I know y'all looking like, where's the answer, Pastor? I'm struggling right now. That's why I'm quiet, right? And, and, and I listen to it, and it's the classic idea of the problem of evil. Number one, God didn't bring bad stuff in this world. That's number daggone one. He told our stupid behinds not to eat from the tree. Number one, that's our fault, not God's fault. Because we'd have followed him in the first place. We wouldn't have been in no, no transatlantic slave trade. There would be no tsunamis. There would be no sickness. There would be none of this. But we stupid. But know how much God loves us? They didn't tell the part in the story about Harriet Tubman, who was a Christian. That even in the midst of what the devil did, that God provided somebody to help an underground railroad to get people out of slavery. They didn't tell him about Sojourner Truth who was speaking truth to power. They didn't talk about Frederick Douglass, who went to presidents, and he was a Christian. Oh, y'all ain't gonna see. See, what the devil loves you to do is he loves you to see the fleshly part, but not the spiritual part. 
That's what he does. And even if you tell them that, they'll say, so why did he let it happen? But you don't recognize he was in there trying to rescue us from a situation that our sin as humanity, not black people, as humanity put us in. Y'all missed that. <clears throat> and so he says the flesh doesn't help at all. <clears throat> Romans 8, Romans 8 verse 6 says, now the mindset of the flesh is death, Jesus. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Can't you hear Paul was disciple? You, you, you hear Jesus' teaching and Paul's teaching? The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. So, so Paul, Paul kind of unearths a little bit more what Jesus is saying with that, my words are spirit and life. So flesh is fundamentally a mindset that is opposed to God. Now, what does this have to do with discipleship? Everything. Because you and I are being detoxed, listen, from a fleshly mindset. Whether you know it or not, you're in detox mode. And many of us don't know how colonized by the devil we've been. We're going through a spiritual decolonization process. And the residue of the effects of sin and indwelling sin still resides that needs sanctifying out of us. Listen, listen, the first thing, listen, I know truth, right? I know that you know, count it all joy, my brother, when you count it very strong. I know that the test of faith you produce and do it. I know that. I know that you're supposed to suffer as a Christian. I know that. But when something bad happens, I have a little spiritual amnesia. I wish I had some help in here. I know all them verses, but I still feel what I feel. And I'd be like, God, why? Again, God, you ever been there? But, but, but you hear the verses, you be like, I don't want to hear all that right now. Let me stew for like a day. Let me get some real Christians in here. <laughs> let, me, let, me just be, let me just be petty for 24 hours, maybe 48. <laughs> you know, but being a disciple is, 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 is the quicker, this is how you know you're maturing. The quicker you become spiritual, the more you're growing. The more you demand for petty time. Carnot, that doesn't mean not be real with God because he says cast your cares on him. So he invites you to talk to him about what you're feeling. But in the midst of talking to him, you got to know that your feelings are real, but they're not truth. <laughs> and so your feelings have to meet truth. That's what's happening in this text. How they felt about what Jesus is saying is meeting truth. And then your response to that determines whether you know him or not. Listen to me. Now, now listen to what the text say, right? Watch, watch this. Look at, look at the verse. It says, the words that I have spoken are spiritual or spirit and life. In other words, it's spiritual and life-giving. Look at 1 Corinthians. Verse uh, chapter 2, verse 12. It's on the board. 
Now, we have not received the spirit of the world, Woo! but the spirit who comes from God. Why? So that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, <laughs> but in those taught by who? The Spirit. Explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. <clears throat> I, want you to, I want you to underline, if you got your Bible open, spiritual people. Because there's a lot of people out here, you say, do you know Jesus? They say, I'm spiritual. But when my Bible says spiritual, it means something different. Spiritual people usually mean I'm open to whatever. But that's not being biblically spiritual. Oh, help me, God. I'm loving this Bible right here, right now. Verse 14, look at it. It says, but the person without the spirit, listen, does not receive what comes from God's spirit. This is key. Listen, why? Because it is foolishness to him. See, a spiritual person, oh, I wish I had time. <laughs> a spiritual person, see, this is like David in battle. When David, oh God, went up to fight Goliath, he said, you come with sword and spears, but I come in the name of the Lord. Y'all ain't ready for this though. <clears throat> Do you know why he used stones? Let me tell you why he used stones. The reason why he used stones is because the law says anyone who blasphemes God must be stoned. That's why he knew that the sword and spears wouldn't work. Somebody gonna get this today. He knew he was in a spiritual battle and he knew if he fought with God's tools, that no matter how big the giant was, I'm, uh, hear me today. He knew he was in a spiritual battle. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would taunt the, uh, oh, he knew. Oh, he said, oh, I know my Bible. Let me go over to the brook and get me five smooth stones. He was supposed to stone him with five stones, but he only ended up using one. I may preach a sermon one day called One Good Stone. Whew. Anyway, <laughs> don't you do it, Pastor Kurt. I look at your face. <laughs> he says here, the spiritual person, verse 15, however, can evaluate everything and yet he himself cannot be evaluated by anyone what does it mean not by believers who are spiritual but by fleshly people can't nobody fleshly tell you nothing they, they can't teach you nothing about the spiritual <laughs> you understand what I mean so when we talk about being spiritual what does spiritual mean <clears throat> spiritual means in the Bible, being spiritual is first connected to being driven by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. 
Next, it means also means to be born of the Holy Spirit. And number three, it means to have legitimate access to the spirit realm. Legitimate, not illegitimate. Y'all tracking with me? Go back to the spiritual warfare series to get that. So over time, the spirit helps us to develop what's called a Christian worldview. So what Jesus is trying to get them jump started on is that there are two views in the world. There are fleshly views and there are Christian views or believing views or a Christian worldview. What's a Christian worldview? I'm glad you asked. A Christian worldview is a grid that people who know Jesus Christ are to develop from the Bible on how they look at, interact with, and understand God, people, life, and decision making. Let me say that again. A Christian worldview is a grid. Somebody say grid. Grid that people who know Jesus Christ are to develop from the Bible on how to look at, interact with, and understand God, people, life, and decision making. So, so, so that, that means that as you grow in the word of God, you're supposed to have on uh, the ability to see and, and strain out that which is not like I, 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 now, now I was watching, y'all ever watch those hack videos? Videos where it's a hack where you can do something. You're like, I can't believe I could use that for that. You ever seen those videos? I saw this one on TikTok. Man, it was good but scary. So somebody took some type of de some type of detergent and water, put it in a Ziploc bag, wrapped it around their shower curtain. Shower head. Thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. And, and, and put a rubber band around it. Ran some water in it and let it get all around the holes that was in there. They left it for 24 hours. Yeah. Um, they went back and some things were swimming around in it. And I was like, if they were like, if I didn't put this on and all kinds of muck and dirt would just sludge coming out of there. And you would think something that's pushing something as clean as water out that looks like it's okay doesn't have any issues from the spout. But they had to connect something to it to get the stuff out of there that you didn't know was in there in order to get it so that you can see the mess. Even though you think you're getting this, you don't know what it went through to get to you. That's what, that's what, that's what a Christian worldview does. A Christian worldview wraps God's truth around culture and around its thinking and says everything isn't bad, but I wonder what in here that's good and what's not for me. And that's what we're supposed to do as believers, family. And that's what disciples do. We have, to, we have to use this when it comes to gender issues, sex and sexuality, roles and justice issues, child rearing, purpose and creation. All of the creativity, rather. We have to use it with all of these different things. Because there's so much stuff in the world that's coming up that will present itself as truth. And it's not. And so I, I want us to begin to think just because someone uses the word God doesn't mean it's Christian. I'm just trying to say, I ain't trying to beat up on nobody. The song is fly, God did. I know everybody like, God did. I mean, who know, who know, you know. Um, he's a Muslim, right? <clears throat> He helped executive produce the song. <clears throat> you got Rose 
he says what he says. You got Wheezy, say what he says. Then you got Jay-Z, whose nickname is Jehovah. He's a five percenter. On the Breakfast Club, he wore the number seven around his neck, meaning that he believes that the black man is God. So when his verse came, he didn't say God did. His nickname is Hove. He said Hove did. Now, the average Christian will listen to that and say, look at them doing something for God. My question is, which one? I'm not telling you what to listen to. I know it's sonically brilliant and young boy on there killing vocally with the Lord. You know, he's a beast. But I, I, I'm not telling you what to listen to. I'm just telling you, don't take your grid off. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying. Don't take your grid off. You, you got to be like, okay, how do I interact with this song? Somebody going to get some help today. Because <laughs> at first I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, sonically, I was like, the layered lyricism of Jay on that song is crazy. But then as I got unimpressed, while, I got, while, I, while my impressedness with the artistry, you know, because Rosé know how to ride a beat. He is hypnotic. Wheezy knows how to punchline you out. See, I'm a hip-hop head, so you got to understand that's a part of who I am background-wise. Hook, hook on point is melodically sound. Everything, good hook. He even pre-branded the song by doing God did. Now they got the song, boom. But then I'm like, okay, now let's pull out our pen and pad and see what just happened. See, as a believer, you have to, you can enjoy culture and critique it. But be careful because some of us aren't mature enough. Don't give you, don't overemphasize how mature you think you are and what you can have. Oh my God, I got to get through this message before we have a part three. <laughs> Verse 64 out of 71. All right. <laughs> Here we go. It says, but there are some among you who don't believe. Who is he talking to? Not the 5,000. His disciples. Are you hearing me? He's talking to the people family that's supposed to be riders. But look at it. For Jesus knew from the beginning those plural who did not believe. So Jesus knows when someone comes to church why they come to church? He said, I already know you don't believe. You in here and you even lift your hands. You even serve and you even join covenant community. And don't believe. And you're going to see, you're going to, I'm going to, listen, the text. It says, and the one who would betray him. So what Jesus begins to help them understand is that there are people that will come around that, uh, uh, that, that, that around the community that they believe. In, in other words, this lets us know that people can agree with certain concepts, listen to me, that Jesus communicates, but they only agree with what they value. Listen to me. Not wanting their values to become informed and shaped by him. 
So there are people in churches and in this church right now that don't believe. In many ways, you're just trying Jesus. Let me explain that. Let me see what trying Jesus looks like. You ever was in the food court at the mall and the person got all them samples and you know you're not going to buy nothing. You're not going to commit yourself to the meal, but you walk past like, like you just going to walk past. You just be like, you playing it off like you, 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 you know, you just walk past. And then they say, you want to try one? And you're like, oh, stomach growling like a mug. Round. <laughs> and you pick it up, you go, and then you look at it. What's that right there? You ain't going to buy nothing. You talking about, what's that? Let me try that one. And you just trying stuff. Mm, mm, mm. And then somebody else, she said, might help you. And that's when you slide away real quick so that you know you just ate a meal by sampling. That's how many people do Jesus. Give me a little bit of that. Let me get a touch of that. But please don't fix me a plate, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God, help us today. And so, listen, so that's what's happening in the text here. That's what's happening. It's, 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 it's they, there are people that come around the faith that says, as long as you're on social justice, I'm a believer. As long as... As you agree with Trump, I'm a believer. Ain't nobody going to talk back. Ain't nobody going to talk back to the pastor today. But let's see what Jesus says. He knew who wasn't believed from the beginning. But what I love about him is Jesus lovingly endures with those who have and hide their unbelief. Jesus is the only one that could be called to God to do something and know everything good and bad that is going to happen and to still push through it with purpose. That's Jesus, verse 65. He said, this is why I told you, <laughs> no one can come to me unless it is granted to him or her by the Father. It says in verse 44 of the same chapter, no man can come to me unless the Father who sends me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. Crazy. Look at verse 66. It says, for the, from, listen, from that moment, from that moment, many, wow, many of his disciples, they're called disciples. Because disciple in Hebrew culture doesn't mean necessarily, it didn't have the same connotation of being changed. It just means you're with the person following them. Turn back and no longer accompanied him. Now you have to understand, this is extremely strong language. So after Jesus brings further clarity to his message to the crowd and the Jews, the so-called disciples conclude their interest in him. Listen to this. The verse is filled with peculiar language. From this time could be translated for this reason. In fact, both senses are likely to simultaneously intended. The so-called disciples deny their rabbi by their actions. While the verb 
following, which is in this text, could also be translated walking. In the first century Judaism, the term stands for the act of a follower that is a disciple. Listen, to walk no longer with one's teacher in this culture, listen, was to formally resign from his instruction and disassociation from his message. So when they walk away, they were giving Jesus, your feet was your resignation in discipleship. Isn't that interesting? They turned back. See, this, 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 you can have intellectual agreement with Jesus and you can have feeling agreement with Jesus. But without spiritual transformation, meaning none of those people were converts in the first place. I'm a disciple until I don't agree. I'm a disciple until my values clash with Jesus. I'm a disciple until my comfort zone is deserved. I'm a disciple until my dreams have to die. I'm a disciple until I'm challenged. I don't know if we've ever dealt with that before in our world and in our culture. But Jesus, listen with now, check out Jesus though. Now some of us got a picture. Y'all still with me? Check out the posture of Jesus when they left. He didn't act like Martin when he told, she told Gina, step Gina, step. And then she started going out the door. He said, she, 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 she. he didn't do that. Look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus did. Verse 67. So Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to go away too, do you? He opened the doors of the church in reverse, Pastor Vern. We got this view of Jesus that Jesus is going to beg you to be a disciple. The dude said, I'll follow you, Jesus, but let me first go bury my father. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Matter of fact, your father ain't dead because you wouldn't be here because you would be at the funeral and you'd be grieving. So he's basically saying, let me live my life out until I get my inheritance, then I'll follow you. So, so when we look at you know, he said, Jesus is like, y'all can all leave. <laughs> wow. Y'all didn't even heard of this Jesus, have you? I know you heard of the one in the temple, but this is a different Jesus. He's asking for all the smoke today. So this group, listen, I got some points here. This, this group of disciples shifted drastically. Now, it went from however many... It was to 12 people. This, the, the, this issue is that he addressed the 12. He did this for them. What's interesting is Judas didn't leave yet. It's crazy. Also, this point, th th uh, at this point, Jesus will pick up more disciples in the upper room. We'll see that they are 120, right? We'll see later that in 1 Corinthians 15, stay with me, he's going to appear to 500 disciples. So the image of Jesus that many of us have is him begging people to walk. That's not who Jesus is. And so what these sanctifying moments are put in our life for is to do this. Put the chart up on there for me, y'all. Is to do this, is to work you inside 
out. One of my mentors developed this years ago, Rick Taylor, and these are the layers of what God works on in your life. Now notice, in order to get saved, number one, you have to be humbly submitted. Humbly submitted points to this family that guess what? That you're going to have, you're coming to the kingdom like a child. It's number one. But after you come to the kingdom, you have to be biblically formed. Now, the problem though is, y'all still with me? The problem though is, is some people like to skip this part. And see, they like to be humbly submitted and think they can have moral discernment without the Bible. They think they, they want to skip this, but they think that they, they were humbly submitted, but they think they can be relationally healthy without the Bible. They, they, they want to be humbly submitted, but, but they don't want the Bible, but they think they can be sacrificially generous without the Bible. Because, see, when you skip the Bible, you, if you go to inclusive community, you don't have any discernment with who you fellowship with. See, if you, if you don't have a Bible, but you want to be culturally engaged, you'll be conformed to this world. So, so you can't skip being biblically informed because, this, because listen, people trip me out talking about, I want to see the movement of the gifts in the spirit. The spirit don't move without the word. And he moves in order. But in our lives, family, Oh, I wish I had time. I'm not going to do all this today. But, but, but man, we got we to gotta have it all from the inside out, not the outside in. You don't start out here to get to here. You start here, go to here, then the other outer rims. Are y'all listening to me? Right? I'm closing it down. Verse 68 says, Simon Peter answered. This is dope. Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Listen, y'all. That's where you have to be. In other words, sometimes this is my disposition in my walk with Jesus. Jesus, he basically saying, I don't understand all you say. And all you're saying, but I trust you. That's key. That's the center of being a follower of Jesus. I don't understand all you say and are saying, but I trust you. So this is how I sound sometimes. I'm lost, but I trust you. People are leaving, but I trust you. They walked out on me but I trust you. I'm feeling abandoned, but I trust you. I'm confused, but I trust you. I got a lot of questions, Jesus, but I trust you. Listen to me. Being on a journey with Jesus is a journey of tough stuff happening that you have to work through 
to get to what it means to sometimes understand or understand some of it, or he may tell you to keep walking and won't give you any answers. <laughs> now, with Peter, Peter went up against something. I'll, I'll get right close here. Peter went up against something, and he abandoned Jesus. But what I love about the fact of that is he still knew he was a real believer. And Jesus cooked him some fish on the side of the sea. Jesus cooked some fish, grilled it, a charcoal grill. Jesus knew how to grill. He's a grill master. In the eternal state, that means we're going to have grills in heaven, barbecues. Amen. Hallelujah. And Peter said, he said, put your net beside you. Because in other words, sometimes when you walk away, he has to send you a miracle to remind you of who he is. And so he put his net out. He said, we've been out here for a while. I do this for a living. And what he did was he pulled it in and he realized the same thing that happened to him early in his walk. That God did it again when he walked away. And he was saying, listen, I'm not done with you yet. You walked away from me, but I ain't walk away from you. <laughs> and immediately with full clothes on he jumped in the water and swam to Jesus let me tell you something and Jesus never ever said anything or mentioned his sin he just let him come up and eat I'm done um, you, you gotta keep serving him right you, you gotta keep serving him y'all you gotta keep pressing with him it reminds me of one of my all-time favorite movies in the world is The Karate Kid. I'm a sucker for an underdog 80s movie where the nerdy underdog goofball gets to shine. I just love that kind of stuff. And so Mr. Miyagi uh, helps daniel son through his process and he says, training start in morning. I love, I love to hear Mr. Miyagi talk. And Daniel got there and he had him do chores. He said, Daniel, Daniel-san, sand the fence. He sand the fence. Daniel-san, paint the fence. No, 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 no. And what he would do is as he was serving Mr. Miyagi, he taught him technique. And he had him sand the floor he did all of this work and then he says you just got me serving you but when whoo, am I gonna learn some karate Mr. Miyagi said Daniel son been learning karate he said show me sand the fence he went douche he said, show me paint the fence. Boom. Boom. Show me sand the floor. Show me wax on. Show me wax off. Daniel looked at his hands. And Daniel said in his mind, all this time, I thought I was just a slave. But while I was serving him, I was learning how to fight some battle. Don't stop serving them, y'all. Because why are you serving them? God is trying to show you that he's working on you 
in the process why you're crying why you're hurt why you're serving why you're praising he's working on you doors of the church are open no matter what season you in God is training and discipling you and you learning skills <laughs> for growth maybe you're here today You've never placed your confidence in Jesus Christ. You've never said yes to Jesus. Best decision in the world you can make. Best decision is to place your confidence in the one who loves you and gave his life for you. He died on the cross for your sins to reconnect you. This is how you become spiritual for real. Because now you're connected to his eternal cell tower called the cross. And he got up, went, he was taken and put in the grave and got up on the third day. Now the cross stands as a symbol of connection. Because it points to a person. We don't worship the cross, we worship Jesus. So if you're here today and you want to place your confidence in him and him alone, put your confidence in him. Hold your hand in the air. Hold your hand in the air. And he would, he would love, listen, we would love to help you in your walk to go from spiritual disconnection to spiritual connection. Is there one this morning in the balcony or on the floor that says, I want to say yes to Jesus. Yes to his will. Yes to his way. Yes to life and an eternity with him. Anyone? Anyone here today? Amen. Every head bow, every eye closed. Maybe the Lord spoke to you as a believer today and you're saying, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. I, I, this text spoke to me. God, God's word showed me, this is where I am. I've wrestled and in some ways walked away. that's you I want you to come up I want to pray for you I want to pray for you anyone I see you coming thank you for your boldness anybody else anybody else amen anybody else thank you for your boldness that says yeah pastor I, that's me I've taken my foot off the gas I see you thank you for coming I see you anybody else you can even stand with you off you're not comfortable I see you up there anybody else Anybody else? I see you. I see y'all. I see y'all coming. 
Anyone else? You can even stand where you are. If you're wrestling, he's talking to you. I see you coming. Anyone else? Thank you for coming. I see you, brother. I see you, sis. I see you coming, brother. Anybody else? God wants to renew you today. Renew you in the spirit of your mind. Anyone else? I saw you stand. I see you, sis. Thanks for standing up. Being renewed in your walk with Christ is a beautiful new beginning. Just like Peter got a new beginning on the side of the sea, you can get a new beginning on today as a believer. Amen. Lord God Almighty, the question that you asked Peter was, do you love me? Um, and it wasn't a question to beat Peter up. Jesus was giving Peter the foundation for what a walk with you really, really means. Love for Jesus. God, I pray that you would restore to each one of these people their first love. Help them to know what that looks like. Not just serving, but being with you. And doing and doing the doing out of being with you. Lord God, I pray that you would give them a fresh sense of your presence, a renewed sense of your grace, a renewed sense of mercy, a renewed sense of your might, and a new sense of clarity. Lord God, meet us in our frailty when we want to go astray and when we want to do different. Move them your direction in every area of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Let's give God a hand praise for renewal. Amen. Let's prepare our hearts and minds for communion. Communion is like that constant restart and renewal and reminder. Restart, renewal, reminder, repentance, reconciliation, and restoration. Um, if you don't have uh, the elements, hold your hand in the air. We'd love to make sure you get them. If you're, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are welcome to take communion. Jesus takes his body very seriously. Why did he take it seriously? Because he entered it and came to earth for us. He took it so seriously that he allowed his creation to bludgeon his body just for us. Let us eat together. blood of Christ the thing that life is in it does renew us day by day let us drink together well Lord life only makes sense when you're writing the narrative Father God write our narrative help us to have 
the clarity we need. And God, we're praying that you would grow us and that you hold us in the palm of your hand. You said, everyone that comes to me shall by no means be cast out. And so, God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would show us that reality by holding us and keeping us and giving us the direction that we need. Now unto him who is able to present you faultless before his throne with exceeding gladness and joy. And may the God of hope grant you joy and peace as you believe so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody agree that said? Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Take care. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.